The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And there we go. And one of the random things that I got includes that I was sack tapped. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. In, uh, in Denver by a stranger or by by, um... by a stranger. Wow. Just we were just hanging out on the street. And, so uh, here's the thing. Along they came a whacking. I don't know if it was at the airport. It was a TSA worker. And I don't know if maybe he just like somehow they yeah. maybe they like saw my Twitter or something or they knew that I was like, you know, not that worried about the shutdown. They took it out on me. They pulled me out of the screening. This was when I was flying home from Denver. Yeah. Went out to Denver to see my cousin. Had a great time. Uh, I skied for the for the second time in my life for the first time in like 25 it's years. Colorado skiing too. That's real stuff. Yeah, it was it was we'll get to that. It was experience. Dropping sick beats. They called me DJ Nana. I wasn't scared beforehand, but when I was speeding down that initial trail. Yeah, those are real fucking mountains. They don't fuck around. It's I was, not, and not, I and I knew I had no control. Not, not, uh, not Camelback. Or I, whatever the fuck yeah, they right, exactly. I know. Again, here. I skied for the first time when I was like twelve at Wyndham yeah. in New York. So anyway, um, but the Denver trip, I'm going home, and they pull me out of the TSA screening. You know, I always get fucked with at these things. I swear. Yeah, I, I, I got pulled out once. I had microphones in my bag. I got fucking patted down. I got stop and frisked before that was not a thing anymore. And uh. Manhattan. At the time, I had a very long, bushy beard. You got uh, it's. I know. Still rare for a fair-skinned uh, Caucasian but I, to get stopped. But I'm telling first. you, back then, I was possible Muslim. I was definitely possible yeah, Muslim. Yeah, the Chechnyans. Long, yeah, the Chechnyans do run a little bit, uh, a little bit fair. That's yeah, true. I had a long uh, beard. I had, um, you know, my my. Uh, what happened was I had my work ID clipped to my belt but the badge was like in my pocket or whatever so all they saw was like that metal clip joe just sticking out on my belt and they thought that it was a knife or some rousing suspicion yeah Yeah. so um anyway yeah that happened but this was a, a tsa worker and he was like okay i'm gonna use the the back of my hands to to screen you now and check for it i was like oh okay but he kind of like again. There was a bit of Gave a, you a whack. There was a bit, and it it didn't. I'm telling you. So did he, it did it induce any nausea? Okay, That's when you know no, you really no. got someone. No, no, <laughs> that's you true. You have to that's... sit down for like 20 minutes. That's that's how you know it's. Well, real. yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. That's a seven. All Child right, birth my ass. And I played. <laughs> you uh, bitches have no idea. That's true. And I played baseball, and I was a catcher. So one of the worst that I ever got. Was when uh, this was when I was in like um, was it maybe like junior high or something? But the ball skipped off the plate. I was wearing a cup, uh, but it yeah, got enough <laughs> action up yeah, under. It gets off that it, it ball comes off home plate. That it, it got enough yeah. action up <laughs> under that that I yeah, was that was a true no. I, that's the probably the closest yeah, I ever came to throwing that's up. Coming in as uh, like an unnatural angle. Yeah, and all yeah. Sorts of uh, yeah. generating more oh, speed on the plate. Oh, I can feel it. I don't know anything about physics, but I'm pretty sure all that's true. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, that was a tough one. But this one did not induce nausea. The TSA worker just kind of gave it a little 
but it but it didn't feel nice. It didn't feel it was if, a especially slight. if you're not. If it was if it was a one for ten through ten, it was like a three out of a ten. Yeah, that it doesn't matter. A, f- a fucking point five out of ten is still a motherfucker. In, right. In that particular, I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's, it's a, just funny it's, for me to talk about because thin, it was so ridiculous. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a thin sack of flesh guarding, like, the most sensitive part of your body. It's truly an insane It would be structure. akin to having, like, your heart or brain. Like, your brain has the fucking skull. Right, that's true. You can take a, fu- a, a skull shot from a baseball bat and you'll be fucked up, but you could still conceivably be fine. Yeah. Not so. <laughs> a fingertip to the to the testicles. It all it all it takes. Oh god. So anyway, Denver was great. The Mile High City. Uh, I went yeah, out did there. You, did you do one of those four twenty tours? So uh, you know the four twenty aspect gardening, as we call it on this show, uh, was included in a big way because my cousin and I every now and then tend to enjoy such things. Uh, yeah, as I said, if you live out there, how can you not? So the first day we Being got from there, New Jersey and hating fucking tomatoes. I went to. Uh, oh boy. So anyway, just as a quick aside, Erica Fierstein, yeah. who I've been trying to get to come on as a guest, she sent me a minute ten message, and she said to air that. To air it. Yeah, and that she's there in spirit. Jesus, she's an interesting yeah. cat, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> So I've anyway. never seen anyone have so much fun with Instagram. She's a, see, I don't have. This is like one of the great. Uh, she loves. She loves the gram. I abandoned Instagram a long time ago, <laughs> basically because of space issues on my phone. And it's funny because I, um, I basically. Uh, sorry, I'm laughing because I got this text message. Have you play? Have you listened to it? No, but I'm laughing because I got this separate text message from a coworker who uh, was talking about this other guy that we work with who texted him to make sure he wasn't in this awful bus crash. But the bus crash was out in Parsippany, and this guy lives in... Oh, well, thank God. <laughs> he lives down in, like, uh, central Jersey, so anyway. It's... Some people might be dead oh, or maimed, boy. but not this other guy. <laughs> right. so that's but it news. is. You know, that's fucked up. The second episode now in a row that we talked about uh, awful things... On the show, last time it was the shooting in Jersey City. Oh, now yeah. it's this bus crash that just happened. How about you that? can't escape yeah. the you can't escape the awful. There's going to be cycle. like there's going to be a tsunami the next time we. Uh, That's we probably start true. That's probably true. So anyway, Denver was pretty cool. We got there. We went to uh, Denver. Uh, sorry, Boulder. And in Boulder, we went to a dispensary, which nice. I kind of would describe as like a high end liquor store. In yeah, structure. I went to I went to the one I went to one in San Diego last year and uh it was nice it was it was like very nice yeah i actually toured the one in secaucus last week for work um and i got to see the grow operation which was cool as fuck i mean the guy that i saw once i went back and like they checked my id and everything was cool and i went back there to talk to this guy very much he knew his shit he this guy was informed so he was talking about you know sativa this and the indica this and this that the other and um I, uh, I I found it to be reminiscent of the half-baked, to, to bring Dave Chappelle into yet another episode, the half-baked scene where they buy the shit from the guy, and he says, damn, and we're with a soft day. Did you go to <laughs> weed college? Do you know what I'm talking about? When the, when the dead, yeah, when yeah. The... 
Oh boy, she sent another minute long episode, Erica Fiercely. Wow. So anyway, by the way, just to mention that name again and and not explain it would be weird. So um, she is a former co-worker. Well, did you ever actually work there? Uh, no, I did not. I was a student there, and then I just kind of hung around and used the equipment. Yeah, so Connecticut School of Broadcasting, where I also was a student, and up until recently I was teaching there, I basically gave it up because it was just too much, um, you know, the, the random night that I had to be up there and, like, remembering it last minute and just being like, fuck, there goes yeah, my night. the old, ah, shit. Yeah, that that's not what I was trying to do anymore, and um, I'm not, I'm not, doing it anymore but uh csb this woman erica works there and um you know i become friendly with her because i would be there teaching and i would stop in her office and kind of just shoot the shit before um we went on and she you know she she well i don't know if i should mention that because i was going to say she blazes but i guess i just did ah, but who does whatever it's about to be legal yeah in i mean it's I, I feel like in 2019 if you say that someone smokes but the uh the response is either cool or I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it really shouldn't matter because it's about to be legalized, but whatever. Um, at the same time, she was going to come on the show, and we've been trying to get her to come on because she is very uh, – how would I describe this? And I don't mean to – I don't mean – I want to insult her, but she's cartoonishly liberal. Like, she doesn't really have a lot of reasoning behind what she says, but yeah, she'll just say, like, say, fuck Trump. I would say – And, da, 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 da. and yeah, it's, would, it's hilarious. Like, most of the time – and I'm not even trying to be a dick to her. I can't help but laugh. And I know that I would have a great time if she came on and was talking about this shit. So she'll be on eventually. I but. would say it's it – I think it's less liberal and more cartoonishly it, – it's more like a uh, caricature of what a a very woke person is supposed yes, to look like. Yes, thank you. Uh, you're, you – did a much better job of explaining it and that is so true and it really just it just makes me laugh i just really enjoy it the woke aren't even truly liberal either they right. like reject classical liberalism that's true you're they, absolutely right they will tell you that they reject classical liberalism oh boy this is this is getting to be oh, uh, she just texted me yes the the y-a yes. s's yes, uh, yeah and, and nancy grace over here she says so anyway, at some point Fucking in this episode, I'll have to include these um, clips that she sent me. But uh, so Denver was cool. We also went to Denver. We went to uh, this this because uh, my cousin lives in Arvada. And uh, where's that for those of us who are uh, completely unfamiliar with the. Uh... So it's it's a suburb of Denver. Okay. It's in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains as opposed to being like almost trending towards the plains which is like kind of where denver okay. is like you got the airport that's way out in the middle of nowhere wait but denver denver is elevated right it's like denver way, is way also fuck high up right? yes okay but it's just like almost like imagining you know uh parts of harlem are much higher than like yeah. lower manhattan yeah you know what i mean like okay. uh as you grade up towards the rocky mountains yeah is a place like golden uh, which is where Coors is brewed. Um, we drove by there. We didn't actually go in, but it's a fucking massive facility. All the Coors in the world is made there. They so, don't have, like, other satellite. I just want to ask, that just kind of, like, sparked it. Uh, how are the cities laid out? Like, if Denver's elevation is super high up, like, is it in, like, when like are they, like, mountain cities, or are they... It's like, kind of like the terrain. Like, yeah, I, I would say about. it almost like the way it, it, it seemed to lay out to me 
was that a lot, a few of the cities were kind of similar and that they more so hugged the mountain and um, probably also have a river running through them. Um, they're just like the more mining towns. Like okay. uh, I think uh, Boulder was probably a mining town. Obviously now it's more of like a half retirement, half um, college town. So, so Gold, I, Golden was a, a mining town. Um, Denver was too, and there's a river that runs through there, but they kind of like run to me. It's almost like they run parallel to the mountain itself. And that mountain Ridge was like what the first, uh, explorers would like come up against in terms of crossing and trying to get to the West that way. All right. And now of course they have all kinds of like tunnels drilled through the Rockies and shit, but it's like everywhere you go is like a fucking gorgeous mountainscape while you're driving through. Okay. And there's a ta- there's a mountain that's so to access Denver you have to travel up the mountain a little bit or is it uh... no because it's like you got like a ridge like you've got this ridge of mountains right like imagine it like a line straight down yeah. to the left of it I don't actually know if I should say left because I don't really know the orientation of where it is northwest yeah, south to the side well let me think about it actually because it's because it's the Rockies that are running right down there so um, you've got to the east of the Rockies uh, towns like golden and Boulder. They're kind of like up and down from each other. Yeah. Trending out a little bit more towards the plains. Okay. Is Denver ever okay. so slightly. It's not like it's a long distance. It's like, you know, um, kind of a sprawl is the physical but, positioning. And I have no idea if this is interesting to people, but like, how is it when you, when we talk about like built, I understand why you asked though. Cause I, if yeah. I haven't been in a place, I kind of like want to know what it looks like. I'm, you know I'm, I mean? I'm curious about how you fit a city onto a mountain too. Just cause I'm like, it well, it's the know. foothills. Okay. So the foothills are flatter. Yeah. Um, they're so they more, allow for what, construction and you, yeah, it's, it's like, okay. it's actual, like, you know, clear dirt and like, Got you know, it. ability to, to build on. Okay. Um, the climate there is just like weird because as opposed to us and the way we're used to it, there's no trees. So it's kind of more like desert, like, so not even, uh, I didn't realize it was desert, like in that part of the country. It's not even like pine trees and, and some, shit. some, uh, whenever I picture, it's not like there's no trees, but it's just so much more open land. It's like, wow, it's so much more spread open than you can imagine. Like when we flew in, I was like, holy shit. It's just like shitloads of farmland around here because it's not there's no trees you know i've read a couple books about like the old west and i'm like obsessed with the fucking west like it's just, and i i see these I pictures see, i forgot before i went there how much of like a westerny town Denver yeah is. and i see that you see these pictures and it's like they tell you and it's like these settlers somewhere and all it is is just a flat open space around them and you're like you just fucking spent like weeks at a time traversing that with and with no modern luxuries, technologies, anything. And not and like that literally means like not even like the stupid like phone and shit that everyone's addicted to, but like the things to keep you comfortable and warm and safe and happy and dry com- just completely unavailable and you're just out there in this just fucking purgatory, basically. Yeah, no, where, it's, ab- uh, it's potentially crazy. awful things can happen to you. It, it, it's really nuts to me to think about, because um, I, I I think about that. Like I think about it more in the context of like 
how crazy it is. It's really on the same track, but I'm like, damn, everything is so set up here. They've got like no question how far the power grid goes and this, that, the other thing. Like everything's nice. Like it's a new city and new yeah. planning. So like things are a little more planned out and nice and not like clusterfucky oh, fuck like it, it is New around York, here and Philly shit. and Boston yeah. just, you know, put together in the 1600s exactly we threw everything on top of that yeah <laughs> exactly disaster. so you know you get what I'm saying yeah. and that's why I can understand like why people really and you know again if you're a mountains guy yeah, I don't think you can beat it because I mean it's fucking. Yeah. I'm really more of a of a beach. I'm a shore guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like I've lived in many other places. I've lived even like Southern California, where I live right by the beach, and the I I was at like Monmouth County and Southern California. I feel like are like sister regions. Like there's a like the beaches are the exact same. It's very very similar shit, but it's there's there's something about the New Jersey shore. That is preferable to me than pretty much every place on the planet. Do you think that's just because of the fact you grew up and spent summers there I, and all that kind of stuff? That or? has to have a lot to do with it. I think it's a, a big part of it is the the accessibility too. Like you can leave work at four o'clock in Manhattan in you know the most bustling packed city, and in in two hours you can be on Long Beach Island, which is fucking. If you've never been to, you know, Manahawkin, New Jersey, or Tuckerton, New Jersey, like, you're essentially in the fucking south. Um, or, you know, in an hour, you can be in Belmar or Point Pleasant or whatever, and it's, uh, it's like this weird thing. Like, you go from this disgusting fucking pit of filth and grime up uh, here on the other side of the Hudson River, and then you have just beautiful sand and, uh, and ocean in front of you. But yeah, I'm sure there's part of it's probably the, the New Jersey uh bias but uh um, well look i'll be the first preferable. to admit my favorite place in the world to go is stone harbor new jersey so i mean i'm n i'm not straying from your uh thought on the subject with the atlantic beaches in new jersey in any way it's just i, I had to ask because i'm like is that more like oh you're thinking yeah. about like time spent i'm i'm sure at this bar or this you know i'm sure that weighs or i'm whatever, sure that weighs into it fingering that girl um, when you were 13 yeah. years old you know yeah 13. Well, what the fuck was I doing? We didn't, uh, my family hadn't bought, my, my parents bought a place at, at the shore when I was a junior in high school. So that was, like, I'd, we'd always done, like, the one-week vacation down there, like, mm. you know, a week in the summer. But I didn't start, like, I didn't become, like, a shore guy until, uh, until, like, that by, like, junior, senior year, I was like, yeah, fucking shore, this is awesome. Yeah. Love this shit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely the best. They had, uh, there was a, an 18, 18 to part, like, I think it was, uh, yeah, this club down in Beach Haven used to do, they would do 18 to party, 21 to drink nights, and then they would do teen nights where 18, I think 18, 19 was like the oldest age. Uh, so we used to go there, and it was back when the foam party was like a big thing. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't, no one does that anymore. No, People they don't. People realized do they? how terrible that was. Yeah. But when you're 17, when you're like a 17 year old boy, and they're like, you know, because chicks are down there for their one week of vacation. They're bored. They're with their fucking parents. They're, you know, you, you can only play Scrabble with uh, with dad and grandma for so long. Um, that eventually, you know, they're either, they're either their parents are dropping them off with you 40 didn't want bucks. You more Scrabble with, no. with dad and grandma? No. Why not? No. Why? Uh, <laughs> no, especially not in my fucking house. <laughs> uh, um no, but yeah, so they would do all sorts of weird shit. I, I, I still Were have... Were you getting smoked in Scrabble? We, um, they, I, 
in that house, you actually could get your fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking, what I'm saying. All right, yeah. sorry, but you were saying, um, you were saying. But, uh, no, uh, I, they, they would, uh, I so I would, we'd go out during the day and we'd get, like, disposable cameras and, like, we were, like, the original fucking Kirill was here, the, the slut whisperer. Oh, yeah. We'd go around to chicks in the, the foam pit, pit and that like i said they're all they're bored as fuck on summer vacation with their parents and they need to be able to like go back and tell their friends you know they did some wild shit right while they were while they were down the shore right, right, right. so we would get you know we'd get them like making out like putting their hands up each other's shirts and shit awesome. and we would just we'd just be snapping pics and you know at the time like you're the uh eminem uh, like 13 reasons why of you eminem once dropped one of the f- greatest Greatest uh, rap lines ever. It was either it was either him or Nate Dogg actually, but it's on uh, "Shake That Ass" uh, for me, which is a song with both of them. But it look real close because strobe lights lie, um, and very telling because you would you'd see these chicks like yeah, that's fucking awesome. I got chicks, I got foam, I got, this is great, and. Strobe lights and makeup can be very deceiving. <laughs> when you get those fucking pictures back, you're like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> uh, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof? Yeah, oh, f- there was bad, bad shit. I mean, I, you know, I guess every once in a while you'd find a, yeah, bold. a good one. But, well, like, yeah, so somewhere. Good. So then that's going like uh, like going through a pack of baseball cards. Yeah, you know? you, somewhere... They can't all be uh, yeah, you know, Robin Yount. You got to have uh, some fucking, you know. 88 uh, Don Russ box set. <laughs> but, yeah, like, like I, I was... I don't know if I still have them somewhere, but I was cleaning out my parents' house before they uh, they sold it, and and I found like I still had like the developed paper envelope full, you know, twenty four picks or whatever you got. Yeah, got in the fucking thing. Yeah, and who knew that one day it would just the entire club would just be people with cameras taking pictures of themselves. Well, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely the advent of. I think that's the one thing. So it's interesting to think back on. Um, obviously shows like star trek for example totally nailed the notion of having like a little computer in your hand you know what i mean like they're they were well ahead of the curve in terms of like having futuristic people doing that but i feel like the whole like notion of a camera being on you at all times or or watching you at all times uh other than like uh, over in a very heavy-handed like 1984 yeah big brother big brother watching you that's why like i even the, the that obviously was shit. in sci-fi, but that's I mean I don't know to an extent I guess I fear or think about that like in respect to like law enforcement and uh, um, the CIA or like you know whatever it may be. But um, I really more think about like how and actually this is a perfect transition into the whole Covington Catholic thing. Oh, I was actually it's really more about like how it's a little more subtle than that. But I, the cameras are always watching. I, I was gonna I, I was gonna mention something else, which it's fun, you know. Also, very uh, sort of contemporary because the two documentaries are out right now. Uh, have you been getting into Firefest at all? So I want to watch that because I, there I are have two. It, but watch both of them. You're going to become fucking obsessed with yeah. Firefest. Yeah. So the guy went. So I'm pissed that I already know the guy went to jail. You don't even need to be because okay. you're you're gonna fucking love it. And there's so much more to. Did entertain. he get fucked over or was is he no just, no no? He's, he's a bad I guy. Mean, I hesitate to use the term bad guy. Overly ambitious. Uh, no, I, I think narcissist, um, overly self-confident, definitely over overly ambitious. I get the impression that he was one of these sort of 
wealth. Like probably came. He's from Jersey. I don't know what town though. Okay. Um, but his he went to Bucknell, so he had to. His family had to be doing okay. Right. Um, but just overconfident douches. Like the dime a dozen in New York City. Yeah. The kind of guys if you go to like you know two thirty fifth or like one of these fucking clubs they they are doing their one best. of your favorite scenes. Yeah. I it's it's fucking it is the the torture. <laughs> Of being a, a fan of dance music <laughs> is that you have to hang out at places that a lot of assholes hang out. Wait, are at. you it's terrible? So, did, all right, the whole the funny thing again that we've mentioned before on the show is that we we have some common uh, people we know that I went to high school with at Eklund Ridge. Did you were you ever in the DJ Tiesto crowd? Um, I mean, I love Tiesto. Uh, the boys that had the uh, the Shore House behind me, I used to go. I used to go over there and fucking rage to electronic music. Yeah, we yeah we would do c- copious amounts of stimulants in that backyard, and then just blast dance music into the early morning hours. Right, so. I have uh, I haven't busted them out in a while. I've been meaning to, but I don't trust this computer to not crash from the software overload. I have uh. Like electronic, uh, like turntables. Nice. It's a, I mean, it's a mixer. It's, yeah. But I would um, love to do like a live episode where you were just like mixing. I, you know what? It would. I'd have to get back like into the whole fucking thing. I mean, you can press a button and it'll auto beat match for yeah. you, and that makes it a lot easier. But then there's like, you so know, like, you got to so put like together. the electric meatball days. Yeah, those were. Uh, I've lost a considerable amount of weight since then. I don't know if I can call myself meatball anymore. No. Um, I've gone with j- chicken parm has been the uh, or chicken That's and the chicken and peppers. I guess is the uh, nice and low <laughs> low carb and, and not a lot of uh, not a lot of gl- you know, triglycerides. Yeah, in not there. much at all. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's actually again that you mentioned like that's the 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 meatball shit is because like yeah like that, I was interning like KTU and uh, it was when social media was coming up and so like I'd kind of follow like all these pop culture fucking people on social media and they like they became very popular and that's like a lot of what this this fire thing is about is about influencers mm. and I'm like oh like. I kind of saw the uh, the early days of of this starting up, and I remember thinking even back then that it was just the fucking dumbest, most preposterous thing. Like, yeah, the the Kardashian girls for the most part are pretty fucking hot, but I don't like I don't understand. Like they they say that there's a, a music festival and you have to. F- oh, like, so they were tied into it. They uh, well, what they did was they took this. Uh, they made this video of like everybody partying down there and they got like uh, all these like the the 10 like most popular supermodels in the world like they they brought everybody in to shoot this video commercial and then like um it was uh either one of the Kardashian or Jenner girls was one of the the influencers who shared it and influencer if you're if you're not familiar with the term I'm going to ruin your fucking day and tell you what an influencer is now an influencer is somebody who has a lot of Instagram followers and it doesn't matter why they just have to have them and then companies will pay them to advertise which I love that part about it because it's capitalism and that's fucking mm-hmm. great but there's also just a, a level of self and Self-indulgence to be and fancy yourself an influencer because it's a thing that people aspire to. Like, by the way, does Instagram get a piece of that? No, they're the platform. They run like there's like paid advertising and stuff for on Instagram. So you that's they generate income like that. Huh. Um, 
I, I think I have no fucking wow. Idea. Um, what a fucking source of revenue for these. But basically, people. the uh, to an influencer will uh, will get uh get a product or oh, something. Oh, did you text your landlord about yeah, the car? Yeah, All right, yeah, good, good, good. Um, they'll get like a product or something like that, like makeup or some shit, and they'll just do a, a video of them using it like it's a natural, normal thing. Like, oh, this is what I use every day. But they'll mention and tag the company. Right. And so now those who see the video have been influenced. Right. No, uh, I get I, – I, Yeah. And, and it's crazy to me that that happens. But at the same time, it's just amazing that they're not paying at all for any of the production. I mean, they literally have in their hand what goes into making that. And they pay for it anyway as due course in life now, basically. So they're not paying for any of the production elements. They don't have camera people. They don't have producers. They don't have who's that? Who's that? Any of these influencers? Oh no! Well, so, so some of them. They're do. not paying for inst- like. In other words, how is Instagram making money off this? Instagram does not make money off it. I That's don't fucking think. crazy. Yeah. They, well, they they have, and it really doesn't make any sense. Well, they have whatever they well. Like if you're fucking I guess, Instagram, I guess right? the theory for Instagram are they publicly is, traded? I have no clue. Uh, but I think the the deal with them well, is Facebook is, is, and I think they own Instagram. If so, if these whatever influencers pages are are so popular that right. so many people want to see what they are up to, yeah, then that's more users for their product. So whatever it is that actually does drive their fucking profits, I guess you're right. But at the same time, like it's just so crazy that people are like almost unwilling to grasp the power that they might very well have. Like, for example, let's say you're Facebook, right? And you own Instagram. Um, Why wouldn't Kendall Jenner go to your website? Nobody else is logging on to... Nobody's going on KendallJenner.com anymore. You know what I mean? It's not about that. Nobody does that So you're saying they should charge... like it's, they're the TV. For... They're basically the fucking television of of 2019, and they're not getting paid for this person who's who's having ads. Isn't that part? I guess isn't that part of the uh, the allure? Like the allure, though, for social media has always been that it's just open. Yeah, for and you and me, because we're not because we're going on there and saying like, "Damn it, Jerry's familia sucks," and I he just yeah, ruined my night. yeah, I know. But it's as I mean, as guys who wish to use social media to monetize things right podcasts and such right i keep a lid on that shit because i don't want them to fucking find out and start charging <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> yeah well for sure i mean look i to me it's just that then there would be the whole question of like actual competition among platforms like as opposed to the situation we live in now which i think is just relatively unhealthy where it's like instagram uh twitter which i think also owns maybe twitter owns instagram or vice versa um facebook there's like a there's like a handful and they basically do different things it's not like it's exactly apples to apples they they serve i think they serve such different functions that it's you know you can have competition between them i mean right now i feel like yeah for between them but what i'm saying is like yeah you don't have another you don't have a competing photo platform you don't have a competing Yeah, uh, social media network that rivals Facebook. You don't have. You sort no. of do with Twitter. You have Gab. I don't even know if that's a, that's around yeah, anymore. I think I ha- I have an account. I don't know. The I do too. My fucking yeah. I never actually <laughs> logged in or, or sent a message from it, but um, I do have a Gab. Uh, anyway, uh, some things that we still got to get into. This Native American elder. Oh yeah. Who beat his drum? Um, 
we've got to get into that. We've also got to get into... Um, all right, so I have some anxiety because when I was at work today, and I won't, I'm not going to name any names, but my coworker, who's great, she's awesome, we're friends, we split salads all the time. Uh, she s- said to me, "Oh well, you know," I said to her, she was asking me something about the shutdown or something like that, and I was like, "Well, you know," and she asked me an, an opinion question, so I said, "I don't want to, you know, offend you or whatever. I know your politics, but you know this, that, the other. I don't know if I agree with whatever," and she said, "Oh well." I know your politics. And I said, well, I was like thinking, what the fuck? And she was like, how did you, how are you conservative? Are you conservative? How did that happen? Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. I bet that the newsroom has been like talking that I definitely show some tendencies or whatever. You know what I mean? You can That's only great. hide There's, for so there long. There are fucking, I love how there are whisper networks now. <laughs> About, like, whether people, you know, believe in taxing the fucking top 1% a little bit more. Like, that's... Is that where we're at? We live... That's what times we're living we in, We live man. in such... You have to realize that we live in such fucking like, comfortable, safe times for that to be what people are, like, concerned about. Right. Is... Because... One, I like one of the best sayings is that even if you're, if you're a Republican... In a, even like our most conservative politicians, relative to the rest of the world, are complete fucking liberals. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. So it's funny that people get <laughs> fucking wrong. Because people really believe this shit, man. People yeah. really fucking believe this shit. Like when it comes to like, oh, they're Nazis. They're na- they're monsters. This, that, the other. Like, look, I saw a tweet, and there's this guy that I've gone back and forth on on Twitter, and I've followed him at times unfollowed him at times you know because i I, he's he's a democrat he's he's a leftist and i just can't take it sometimes i just just want to quickly clarify what i just said but which i mean if you believe in any of the basic tenets of american democracy you're a huge fucking liberal right relative to the rest yeah yeah. you might call someone like uh mcconnell he's all the way to the right but except he believes in free and fair elections and all the other fucking good you just you basically just you just hit on why I was a, at least in my opinion here in 2019, who knows? I could l- probably listen to this 10 years from now and be like, what an idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I was a college kid and um, it was 2003, 2004, whatever, and, and before that, 2001, when I was living at home and 9-11 happened and all that kind of stuff, I was definitely what you would call a neocon. I was in lockstep with a lot of the you know uh opinion makers at national review let's say for All example right. and you know definitely um hook line and sinker with the notion of if you establish a foothold in iraq and if you basically you know advance democracy that that's a good thing you know what i mean that that's something that's advantageous to a region that basically just punched you in the fucking mouth because it has these at least according to you know so and so sensibilities um ill-conceived notions about what has or hasn't happened and will continue to and all that kind of stuff about the world um despite maybe some legitimate beefs or whatever but that being said i kind of bought into a lot of the more um hawkish elements of policy because i read this book (laughs) When I was in college, that was written by Fareed Zachariah. 
Okay. Which was called, um, you know, uh, liberal democracy or, or, or liberal constitutional democracy or something like that. I don't even know what the ho- yeah. the headline was or the title, but that it was it was about that. And I said to myself, because his argument was, look, and this is where, like, if I knew what I knew now, I would have probably had some second thoughts. He was like almost in lockstep with George W. Bush because you you could find some different um, commonalities between the American left and what it is and what does exist amongst like being a neocon and all that kind of stuff. So he was talking about that the Bill of Rights and the freedom of speech and all the shit that you're talking about, all the shit that you said is true. Like basically if you're an American and you love being an American, you're a fucking huge liberal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we, I think the bulk of the country foundationally agrees on all of this stuff. Even if you have like minor fucking spats over what exactly the second amendment or the first amendment is supposed, you know, is supposed to be for at at least from 30,000 feet. Right. The Overwhelming bulk of us are all on board. Yeah, no matter where you live. Right, that's a the, right. We all sort of like just sort of go by that, and that's yeah. the way we feel. Um, and I'm with you on that. So, I mean, what's what's interesting is this book was arguing that that's like the ideal human condition, like living in a Western liberal constitutional democracy, yeah. is basically where it's at. Yeah, well, I mean that's uh, Locke, right? Is uh, is the freedom is the natural state of man? Mm. You were born without anyone that owns you. Uh, you belong. You essentially belong to your parents until you're able to fend for yourself, and then you belong to no one. Right, right, and that and that's sort of. Um, I I I felt that. I I fucking breathed yeah. that. I was like raised that. I'm a kid from the fucking '90s. You know what I mean? Like that was what we were yeah. all about. You know what I mean? That's part of the reason I have problems with the transgender thing because it's like the neighborhood and be home for dinner. Yeah, like that's part of the reason the transgender thing is always puzzling because it's like, dude, dress the way you want, fuck whoever you want, love whoever you want, but why do you need to have surgery? You know, again, I don't want to go down yeah. that. We did that last episode, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. We, we've all set our pieces on that. Always a good topic for a rainy day. Yes, um, we'll open the phone lines and get yeah. that one going in just a little bit. Uh, that all being said, with regards to. Um, you know, the, the being a neocon thing and all that was the book had a major influence on me, which is you build it, they will come. You, you, you give somebody the notion of what it is to be a westernized style, I should say, western style, liberal, constitutional democracy. And, you know, the older you get, the more you realize, first of all, that's fishy, that there's different people on both sides of the aisle that are actually agreeing with something. It's fucked up that, like, now that's the way I think, but yeah. uh, clearly for, for where we've gotten, where we came from was leading to a certain point yeah. to begin with. Um, so it's just fascinating when you think about it, that one piece really affected the way I felt about it. And it was, like, you know, a little too simplistic when you really actually walk it out and look at the way different people of different lives and faiths. Now, for whatever reason, it has worked where yeah. you have this great country where it kind of started. It was it's almost like the fucking bacteria was thrown on some nutritious jelly uh, that is this fucking fertile, huge land that had <clears throat> room to build and all this kind of shit. And people came and they were like, I like the way they're doing it. I'm going to go there voluntarily. Well, many people would say a lot of people not voluntarily. OK, fine. That's fair. But sure. a notion of we're doing it ourselves because we have the option to do it ourselves and, and pick 
nitpick things that we're doing here. And, and also that sentiment that, yeah, we did slavery, darkest period in American history. I know yeah, yeah I have to like pre- you have to preface, preface any discussion yeah. of it but by, by saying that. But oh, if you go back, if you dig through the history of the world, you're going to find a lot of unpleasant stuff done by literal people of every make yeah. and creed yeah. and color. Look. And gender and everything. I'm glad you bring that up because what's fascinating is this guy I used to work with at The Blaze, so that conservative radio network, he talked about in this one segment, there was a teacher in, I want to say it was like San Antonio, Texas or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember where the guy was teaching, but he was a teacher and the student body, um, first of all, by and large, he did like a, almost like a survey and like looked into um what it is to be uh you know um I totally lost my train of thought because my old neighbor just texted me about the whole situation with the my current neighbor's car. Did I tell oh, you about I that love whole situation? That saga, yeah. I told you about yeah, that. That was great. That was good stuff. I love <laughs> a good neighborhood dispute. All right, so what did it where did I lose my train of thought, however, with the oh San Antonio the teacher that these kids, these high school kids, believed that like chattel slavery was like basically an American invention, like almost yeah. like fucking Memphis barbecue or you know like fucking the St. Louis Arch, like that this that this was like a, a thing that came from American. And of all furthermore, to compare it to Memphis barbecue, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Is that? <laughs> I feel like it's just. You know, you you lump it in with chattel slavery. <laughs> That's bad. It's you know, it's just there's just. Should like I have a, said like New York style cheesecake I, or I feel like Vermont just, maple syrup? There's just like a funny irony in that, like because black people also make amazing barbecue cooks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and but they were horribly victimized by chattel slavery. I will yeah. say, in defense of those who uh, may appear overly woke about it, one sort of unique thing about American slavery, one. There's apparently it was a resistance to malaria that allowed it to flourish in the southern U.S. Was it was a just a gene adaptation in parts of Africa hmm. that were better suited for sl- surviving malarial conditions. Wow! So they were see, like, I didn't, I had no idea that that's true. The fuck over here. Uh, yeah, there's a really cool book called Guns, Germs, and Steel about kind of how all of that played out. Hmm. Like, it's not like it doesn't. So make that's it- why they wanted them as opposed to like poor yeah, it Irish. Was, it was, or- they eventually kind of figured out like, okay, they're built for these conditions. So let's, yeah, let's go ahead with it. I will, um, in, in defense of those who are overly woke about, uh, about, uh, the, you know, slavery, even hundreds of years later, I think that the issue is, uh, I'll, uh, the country was founded on like the f- the literal foundation of the country was built on the backs of slaves, so that obviously irksome to many. And then I think it's like our Amer- when it's when it's like woven into our American institutions, like even like the Constitution and shit. Which like I believe that there should be an electoral college. I think it it serves an important purpose. But when you can look back and be like, oh, slavery had a big role in that. I think it's just an easy explainer for where a lot of frustration comes from. You say slavery had a big role in the Electoral College? Yeah, I mean, look, as st- the Electoral College is a is a function of the desire to protect states' rights, right? Yeah. Slavery was, if you want to look at it from a simply without regard for humanity, 
it, slavery was a state's rights issue. Sure. But at the same time, that's sort of like saying, um, all right, l- let me just make a sort of ridiculous example to get quickly to the to the comparison I'm trying to make. Let's say there was like a vaccine that worked 50% of the time and another one that worked 100% of the time. And you knew you could combat, you know. Oh, yeah. I This like one I said, disease. Yeah, that's why I qualified it with. I think the Electoral College is a fantastic idea. Okay. The issue of slavery was an issue of the day. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah. But my point is to say that the Electoral College is just that, uh, you know, fucking North Dakota wouldn't have oh, yeah. a reason to Yeah, and again, vote. that's why I say I, I believe, I think the Electoral College serves a function of pre- preventing a certain form of, of tyranny that we yeah. would have if New York and Los Angeles were the only ones making... Uh, decisions but about, see that's what sucks what's interesting branch. is what you said what interest what's interesting to me about what you say is that when i really think about it like if i sit back and i spend time thinking about like the different aspects of my political leanings and all this kind of stuff one of the things that's most prominent is my belief in states rights yeah. is my belief that we err and it's actually where I originally got it right. It's actually where I like originally got it as a kid. And I sort of was like led down a wrong path with the whole neocon thing. This country is a republic of states. And it should be. Yeah. There's a reason why we live that way. They're, they're if you the... want to fucking let gay people get married in Massachusetts and smoke weed legally, that's yeah. cool. Let's see Texas how it works. ain't going to fucking do that they, shit. Uh, they, they may one day. Maybe. But let them do it at their yeah, own pace. Texans, Don't fucking force it down their yeah, throat. Texans, Somebody has the Texans ability like to move. To money, the great thing money is money in pot and gay marriage. Exactly. And guess what? You got twenty dollars. It, yeah. it buys you something in fucking Texas. It yeah. buys you something in fucking Georgia. It buys yeah. you something in fucking New York. You can move wherever you want within these fifty United States. I love the I love the phrase "laboratories for democracy" when describing the states and letting states figure shit out on their yeah. own. Yeah, because it creates models for other states to do things. You're seeing that now with marijuana legalization. The biggest travesty is how powerful the federal government is and how prominent yeah. it is. Like this bit, this whole shutdown. I right? worry. Oh, that, this shutdown. And more more i think to myself why the fuck is this so big and cumbersome and the fuck you know fucking tw- i know tw- it's like 19 the, trillion dollars in debt why do we have four, 800 thousand uh, trillion dollars budget right exactly what the fuck four trillion dollars budget by the way it's all being supposedly held up and not pushed through because of uh five billion for a wall and at the same time we're 19 trillion dollars in debt it's fucking insane we're arguing over a fucking budget Again, it's. I think we've done this already, so I don't want to go down the same path with a bed or whatever. But it's just like, I honestly, it's so crazy to me. It's like you're fucking uh, a credit card junkie, and you're just like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm gonna yeah. not buy that donut for a dollar because I should save my cash. Yeah, to the original point, what I was saying was that you still do if you're, um, you know, a black American descended from slaves, have to grapple with the the fact that. In the not, you know, the 1800s are not the distant past, you know, in Mm -hmm. the kind of greater scope of world history. You do have to grapple with the fact that there was a time when your humanity in this country would have been either completely dismissed or only taken into account by very few people. Yeah. Um, Which is, I I think, like, we could. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to use it to guide decisions now. No, we can. I, you, we can. I think we can empathize with um, 
with that idea. Yeah, look, and empathize all you want. I think the other thing is that there's a lot of uncomfortableness behind what it is you say because there's also some uncomfortable truths that match that. Like, for example, my good buddy Doug Nice, who's been on this podcast many, many times, um, happens to be a black American. And, uh, you know, he likes to say, oh, James, you know, Timbuktu had, had a much better library than any white person ever had, da, 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 and all this kind of stuff, and, like, mention... Where the fuck was Timbuktu? I don't know. Like, you know, I'm, I'm giving... Yeah. I'm probably doing an awful job yeah. of, of recreating Wakanda, the argument yeah. that he... Whatever. <laughs> yes. And it's like, okay, Doug, you know, whatever you say, man, you know, whatever, da, 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 da. And that's what's sort of an uncomfortable truth, yeah. is that when you try to separate, like, certain... Um, demographic realities yeah. and things that may or may not have happened as history unfolded over the last fucking 500 years. Yeah. People want to say, oh, that's racist or, oh, that's wrong or, oh, it's wrong of you. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about? You know, like welfare has done fucking awful things to poor people in this country. Some of them happen to be black, depending on where you go. Camden, Philadelphia, you know, like uh, New York City. Oh, my God. There's going to be a lot of Latino and, have, and, and blacks. Have you ever seen, like, the wild... But you want to go to certain places in Kentucky where fucking gonna, wrong the, government policies have made people fucking poor? They're the, all white the, and drinking Mountain Dew. The wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Is yeah, like, man. Have you ever fucking seen that? Yes. Amazing. And that's where I have a soundbite. Mountain Dew. I could, should probably look at my email Amazing and see if I have it right shit. now. Amazing shit. Yeah, when he's shaking the... Uh, the fucking bottle of Xanax. Yes. And he's referring to it as like the fucking Appalachian Mountain mating call or whatever the yeah. fuck he calls it. Oh, yeah. ama- I, I was watching another one on, <laughs> on YouTube the other day because they were going to try to make me pay to watch the whites and I didn't feel like doing that. So I was just like, whatever. Right. Like I clicked around the, the related videos and they had another one about life in uh, in Appalachia. And it was literally like every... Every male in the family had a story about the stint that he did in county prison. Yep. It was fantastic. Look, it's it's not about race. It's about the fact that when you have the ability for certain people's worst natures to almost be like rewarded to the extent that they're not that worried about whether or not they get shit figured out. Yeah. You have problems. And it's just fucking true. And the, the fact that you start to get into this type of discussion and people want to label you as, um, you know, small minded or whatever is like, all right, well, whatever you say, but you're really not actually helping anybody trying to shut down certain discussions. Uh, so anyway, the car thing, my next door or my front, my, my neighbor that lives directly across the street. This from is me, good shit. Um, he had his car hit. Somehow, I don't know where, like who knows where, you know, his car was hit. Uh, Maybe it was when he was parked on the street overnight. Maybe it was, um, you know, uh, when he was at the parking lot. But anyway, he was convinced that somebody who'd pulled out of my driveway had, in fact, hit his car. Does anyone on the street have cameras? My next door neighbor, who actually is the one who texted me, my former next door neighbor, did have a camera. Okay, And that's why... When this guy, or he confronted, you know, us about this whole issue, and we were like, "Nah, there's nothing, nothing to." He, he harassed my brother one time, and then he he was like, "Oh, well, you know, I see your brother smoking, smoking weed, so you want to call the cops? Go ahead, go ahead, like all this kind of stuff." The cops did come at one point. It fell out of like a report or whatever. But this guy believed that some white car 
had pulled out of my driveway and hit the car. So, um, you know, I talked to the guy and I was like, or I, I finally got the number from my former next door neighbor who did have a camera, but he moved. His name was Max. So I was like, Max, do you know this guy, Freddie? Like, I don't know him that well. I've said, hey, what's up to him on the street? But do you have his number or whatever? I want to reach out to him. You know, he was saying to my brother, like, you know, what are you doing or whatever? Um, I'm going to call him. So, and, you know, look, I know plenty of people who have white cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, uh, this one girl, Jackie, you know, she hadn't been there for a while, but she does have a white car. There's, you know, plenty of people I know who have white cars. That's nothing. And, um Nobody had been there for a while with a white car. So I was like, look, man, I texted him. I got his number. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I want to try to help you out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't a dick in any way. I wasn't aggressive. I was just like, hey, I want to help you out. I'm sorry about your car. That sucks. Like, I've, you know, been there or whatever it may be. Like, I got hit and run or whatever. Let me know. And the guy never texted me back. So, you know, I texted him the next day or whatever. And I was like, hey, like, da da da, da like, whatever happened, uh, I never heard from you. Like, you know, can I give me some time? I can call you or something like that. Never heard from him. So the guy never gets back to me. I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? You know what I mean? Like he had the, uh, you know, uh, conviction to, to already a, cause a problem. Yeah, to be a about confrontational this whole thing. dick. Yeah, yeah. But then he wants to, doesn't want to answer me basically saying, Hey, let's talk about this. We're both, we both fucking own property across the street from each other. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk. So, um, he didn't respond, and I kind of looked at it as, all right, he felt like he could step to somebody, but he, and I'm not even trying to be like some tough guy or anything like that, but maybe cooler heads prevailed, and he was like, wow, I was acting like an asshole. I was mad about my car, which sucks. I totally, like, I, again, yeah. I'm not trying to be, like, facetious and saying, like, I get it, you know what I mean? And he um, maybe just said, uh, fuck it, I, it's not that big a deal. I'll let it go. Um, and I certainly didn't think about it. I didn't lose a wink of sleep over the issue. Again, I feel bad for his car, but I didn't yeah, lose yeah. a wink of sleep over the issue. Um, and uh, I never heard from him. So anyway, that neighbor, who I haven't talked to in a while either, just texted me and said, did you ever work that thing out with the car? So I texted wow. him back and be like, no, I never talked to the guy. You know what I mean? So he's just curious now. Maybe, either, maybe, either he's curious. Maybe or, he had something to do with it. <laughs> either he's curious, or he want, or he knows, or the guy asked him, yeah. or said to him, like that guy's a dick. He never actually talked to me. You know, I was yeah. waiting for his call. He never called me, but I never called him because I said, "Here, let me give us, give me some time to call you." Yeah, and he never responded. No, nah, you reached out. You, you again, 2019. The text is enough. Because again, it, to me, and it, it, this is where it gets really, really Seinfeld to start to analyze this stuff. But to me, to have actually called him after I said, what's a good time to call? And he never responded. And this was like an additional text. Like this was sort of a second text to try to make yeah. that happen. Would have been aggressive. Would have been almost been like, yeah, that's right. I said I wanted to talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I really, the, yeah. it wasn't like that for yeah, me. It wasn't. Text. It was just like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, give me a time to call. He never got back on that. Yeah. I said, you, oh, whatever. I'm moving on. It wasn't my car. If you send two texts in this day and age to, to no response... You know, again, this is a very, very Seinfeld discussion, just without the uh, without the more entertaining aspects of it. Um, oh, by the way, we're, we're, we are going to try to have some guests on here eventually. Like we said, this this woman, Erica, um, our good friend, Marlo Donahue, who's been on the show many times. Joey Baboots, 
He may come on at some point. We're going to try to do some guests. And one of the reasons I like to do that is that I know for a fact the episode will actually get a couple listens. Um, because, you know, that guest at least will listen. We'll at to least the, go back to review their yeah, uh, their performance. I think they'll actually go ahead and listen to it. So, um, again, we've got uh, some stuff we still need to get into. Yeah, this we're, whole, at, like, uh, we're at 55 minutes. So, let, so let's do the drum the drum in the face with the Covington Catholic. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. High school kids. Um, the black, what was that? That's uh, fucking, I got a clamp on here to hold my uh, pop filter in place. Oh, very nice. Hit it. Pop filters are important. Yeah, they are. I learned that. Pop, pop. Very quickly. It's <laughs> true. This fucking they... mic. I didn't, I didn't use one the first time. And it's oh, literally it was just, just crazy. The whole fucking recording is just. just yeah. 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 It's terrible. It's awful. It is. Uh, so this this kid um, that I don't know what his name is Nick Sandman is that what it is Something uh, yeah like it's Nick Sandman and what's the other guy uh, is it Nick Phillips no no, no I knew a Nick Phillips, Phillips is uh, Eric Phillips no that was no, a baseball player right um, it's Phillips so I don't know Stone Phillips I I dude I've been calling him fucking sitting bull and cheap <laughs> all right so look I wanted to get to that but I'll just mention it right now yeah. I'm doing the uh, ancestry DNA. You know, you spit in... It's fucking yeah. really nasty, by the way. You have to spit in a cup. I don't want to give anybody my DNA. See, that's smart. And I, I I had some reservations about it, but I also just want to know because my grandmother was insistent that we did have some Native American DNA. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I want to know if I have, like, carte Dist- blanche to distant, talk shit on this guy. cousin of uh, <laughs> I want to know if, like, I can say, like, as a member of the Iroquois yeah, nation, fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, to this guy. So anyway, this guy, uh, Phillips who it turns out is a total fraud, made himself out to be something that he's not from like a uh, uh, military perspective and, and also just like victim perspective in terms of like... And I, yeah, I don't even care so much about that. I care about the, the the stupid reaction is the real big thing. It is. The story is the way the media just jumped on it because yeah. they were like, oh my God, a Native American was assaulted and harassed yeah, by, a, really... by a group of white teens wearing MAGA hats like they basically must have cummed on themselves once they heard the copy coming into the newsroom they must have like basically like ran to the cameras to say let's just run as much tape as we can right now it fit the narrative to a T to a T and that's the problem they didn't do a single ounce of vetting on the story and when I say they I mean like basically every major media organization in this country and it's sad. I mean, look, Whoopi Goldberg or Joy Behar or whatever on The View said it's because they're so desperate to get rid of uh, Trump. But the the bigger problem is that they're so desperate to attack anybody who dare question their motives. And that's what I yeah. really hate the most about like modern quote-unquote journalism. It's not the leftist bias. It's not the right-wing bias because that does exist of course you want to go to certain websites and you want to watch your own type of media from a bias perspective sure um by all means uh you can find it and it's going to be harder depending on your medium to find it on the right-wing side of things but so be it that's life um the biggest problem i have is the way they respond and i mean like uh traditional journalists okay not opinion columnists or talk show hosts or whatever to being called out for not being good at their job because it used to almost be like a rite of passage 
I think, anyway. Of course, I wasn't a fucking journalist, and I wasn't writing for the New York Times in 1965. Uh, to, to do aggressive amounts of due diligence? Right, but, like, it used to be, like, part of your job to have people who criticized you and said you weren't doing it right, and, and, and look, maybe a lot of it was behind closed doors because you had editors who were just, like, running you through the, the gauntlet or whatever it may be, but also, you know, the, the general public. Like, people as, <clears throat> expected, you know, certain outlets... To get it right. Get the old letter to the editor. Yeah. And yeah. look, it doesn't matter that um, you have a, a medium now that can deliver news right away. You still have a fucking responsibility. And you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You can't be, like, criticizing and blasting President Trump for saying uh, fake news and, and criticizing certain outlets for being biased. And then at the same time rush and, and, and fall all over yourselves to basically back up the reporting of BuzzFeed who writes like life hack articles yeah uh, they're just about what happened in this so-called Russian investigation I mean like, just, come on they're just so fucking sanctimonious it's they're, they're just they just they just love themselves like fucking journalists just they love themselves they really do they really do and I hate it I hate like more than anything that because that's not really like it's supposed to be like an unglamorous job like, it's, it's supposed to be like an un you're supposed to be like a ref. Not yeah. a star. The way they talk about themselves. Like Jim Acosta, like, like acting like he's a fucking star yeah. of the White House. Like, oh. dude, you're supposed to be a fucking fly on the wall. When, or like, yeah, when Trump goes after, when, when Trump goes after the press and the way that they respond is like, just so like. So self-righteous. Just the, like, get the fainting couch ready. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like they, they start treating him like he's fucking Stalin. Yeah. And then something like this video surfaces. That just proves his point entirely. Right. Like, when he's just like, the press is very unfair. Right. And then this video comes out, and there's a, a kid in a fucking Trump hat, and the press is being very unfair to him. Right. I mean, come, give, what are you going to... You can't you, serve it up more on a silver platter. You fucking prove the guy right. Well, look, this is the problem, and I was actually going to respond to a guy on Twitter, and maybe I will later. Again, I, 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 alluded, this, I alluded to this earlier, and then we went down some other rabbit hole of thought. But um, this guy, Mike Tracy, who I used to fo- or I now follow again on Twitter, he's a Democrat, but he's a good journalist and he actually cares and he actually really knows a lot of shit about foreign policy. And, as you know, like, people who know a lot about foreign policy impress me because, like, you got to do some real reading and like yeah. investigation to know that shit. Um, anyway, uh, this guy um, was saying that has any journalist asked President Trump why he's doing this now when he had control of the Congress? And he could have pushed through the wall. I think it's a perfectly legitimate question. I think that it exposes the whole cat and mouse game that different aspects of politicians and media and all these people, because really all the fuck they care about is like how relevant they are and how much of a of a K rating or Q rating or whatever the fuck it is that they have, you know, how um how how well they're doing on social media like so much of this is is predicated on popularity and a lot of the popular uh, politicians we have nowadays are the same exact thing and they don't care about trump as much as they uh claim to they love having this kind of a foil they love having this kind of a person who to them so checks so many boxes and what an evil archetype of a this that the other person is and to me to see it sort of play itself out in real time is so interesting because it's like they're all kind of like as my um again my buddy Doug Nice would have said coming out their face in how 
obvious they are. Um, when uh, this guy who was mocked on SNL and then kind of like made peace with uh, Pete Davidson. Oh, the uh, eye patch guy Crenshaw, from uh, Texas, yeah. Yeah, he said um, that they tried to pass a bill in the House of Representatives that would have basically made it so that these essential workers who were working did actually get paid. Only seven Democrats voted yes for it. So it's like, how much do you really care about these people or how much of it is both sides using these people as a political pawn? And to me, Trump is doing it not now or now as opposed to when he had the Congress because he's getting all this fucking coverage. The guy's playbook the entire time is but he's basically running a die. If you were playing him in Madden, he'd be running the same slant play over and over and over again. Yeah. He's, he's basically just, look, I'll do whatever it takes to stay at the top of the news cycle and continue to figure it out from there. And meanwhile, I'm able to do things that I actually care about, like tariffs on foreign countries and... Um, uh, cutting taxes and stuff like that. And that's what I'll be figuring out while the, the rest of you worry about this other shit that I basically played out as a distraction. It's very obvious to me. You know what I mean? Like I, in this day and age, you don't have something that stays at the top of the news cycle. You could have like, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to be a dick. It gets but, like a week kids and... get shot at a school and it's like three days later. Yeah, it gets a you're week talking about most. like a car crash on whatever. Yeah. And we were even talking about those the Parkland kids. It took Louis C.K. making fun of the Parkland kids to bring the Parkland kids back into the news. To sort of bring the school shooting Nobody, issue back into the news. Dude, Dave, David Hogg was like the fucking savior. Right. What was it? Like last March when they had that fucking... They had the March for Our Lives and shit. Yeah. And now he's just another annoying blue check mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, one of the elements of the uh, the the MAGA uh, drum standoff that kind of irked me the most was well, it was two, uh, but they kind of fall into the same fold. It was uh, outspoken outspoken leftists calling for either doxing or yeah. violence yeah. against a group of of teenage boys, and I was thinking to myself, if this was the other way around. If outspoke, if James Woods was calling for uh, a gr- the the families of a group of high school girls to be you know tracked, I believe the phrase that Kathy Griffin used, name and shame, mm. and then referred to them as these little fuckers, mm. uh, children by the way, not yeah. uh, not even old enough to vote. Right. Uh, I think she's she's got to be pushing sixty, right? Yeah. Um, can you imagine like what would happen if if someone like James Woods or uh, Milo Yiannopoulos or right. whoever? Because I think it was Reza Aslan said the kid had the most punchable face, which I I actually agree with Reza. He does Do have a very he has the kid had an incredibly punchable face. Mm. The first thing that popped into my head when I saw him with that stupid Eli Manning fucking mm-hmm. dopey like droop jawed look was like wow, this kid is fucking punchable. Now uh, let me tell you something. I was very worried because when I saw that story that that uh, it turns out uncredited SNL writer and they say that she's actually not as much of an SNL writer as you'd like to believe, but she's a a comedian. This woman um, offered a blowjob to any man who punched the kid or or hit the kid. I was very worried. I think I remember seeing that. What's her name? Uh, On Twitter, it's like Nacho something or something like that. Uh, Nacho Sarah. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I was very I worried. Her, yeah. I, I wanted to see. I wanted to check to make sure I knew where you were. 
I was gonna, yeah, was beating I the shit you, out of this kid. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was ready for to hear that. I was ready to hear and uh, <laughs> and turning to our spot. Th- yeah, I think uh, I think if I, if you cut his head off, you actually get she she uh, she opens it up to anal. What are you thirty two yeah. now? 31? Thirty one. I'll be thirty four in May. Thirty four. Yeah, and turning to our <laughs> stop. St- and turning to our stop story. Thirty uh, four year old Mike Monts. Thirty four. Thirty four year old New Jersey man beats Acute, the shit charged, out of an entire with Catholic assault. high school. Charged with assault <laughs> after tracking down upwards of twenty four students. I would have burned. I, I would have burned <laughs> Covington Catholic to the ground. <laughs> I was truly worried. I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I know exactly what tweet you're talking to. Yeah, though that's um, wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if a a a right wing male comedian tweeted, uh, "I will eat the pussy of any woman who goes and bitch slaps one of these stupid teenage girls." Exactly for for getting in in the face of whoever. But instead, it's kind of it's kind of right if a group of if uh, a group of teenage girls, or even if a group of like liberal teenage males, are like you know le- you know woke, I I think we're better off using the word woke. Right. Woke teenage males were doing something wokeish. Yeah. Um. So wokeish. The uh the the nation would it would be unequivocal which essentially the march for our lives and all that shit. Yeah. Was, uh. uh you oh, know. I saw that tweet. Well, let's not forget these these boys were at the March for Life event. Which is about taking away power from women. Okay, that's funny. So, they have so the the anti gun guys had the march for our lives because they didn't want to get shot. Right. And the march for life is for the babies. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Isn't interesting. Isn't yeah, interesting? Uh, but there's uh, it's amazing how they will how how they treat you depending on how they can use you as a fucking chess piece. Yeah. Because like I don't even. Like, uh, that's like the uh, the ultimate tragedy of like David Hogg and and all these kids. You're 17 years old, like you aren't old enough to really grapple with the complexities of the policy issues that you're dealing with, uh, because most of the adults that are going to be using you as a political fucking pawn are not smart or mature enough to right. grapple with the political or the the complexities of the uh, the issues that that you're you're dealing with. Um, but they're paraded out there and. You know, I, again, I think David Hogg is the, probably the most annoying motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. Um, I would say in the male category, he's there. I mean, uh, Alexandria yeah. Ocasio-Cortez is definitely getting up there. I know, I know, but I still want to take her out for dinner. Uh, well, she's Actually, she probably makes more than me, so she's she, can, attractive. she can pick up Dude, the I was thinking about that today. She is going to be a millionaire when it's all said and done. Because, you know, those people who were having a life yeah. in Congress, they make a million dollars. Oh, become, I'm sure there'll be a book or two about her rise from books. the, uh, the mean books. streets. Yeah. Yeah, she, I'm sure she was really suffering up at Boston U. Yeah, she was. At <laughs> Boston <laughs> fucking university. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah, great she's, stuff. She's nice looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, anyway, so we uh, are just about out of time here on the Most American Podcast Ever Created. He's Mike Montone. I'm James Flippin. But a couple things before we go. Um, I have just terrible body temperature regulation. Yeah, I gotta you were, were mentioning a rather unfortunate train ride. Yeah, I mean, look, it was warm today. It was about 50 degrees, which obviously for a winter day when it had been about, you know, it was 15 on Monday. And then Tuesday was more in like the 20s. Both days windy. Um, Wednesday, you know, getting a little better, more like maybe in the thirties, forties, whatever, like not, not just a normal winter day today was like 50 and it was, yeah, it was pouring. Balmy. Yeah. 
So um, I, I realized that. I'd been outside already before I left for the day. And I only wore uh, this, this you know, hooded sweatshirt that you see me, uh, well, Mike at least sees me wearing right now. And uh, I had a little, like, sort of rain thing with my umbrella in my bag, my reporter bag. And I went and, you know, was, was getting ready to go. I got on the train. Oh, my God. It was fucking thick in there. It was yeah. just like, oh, God. That's it was bad. like, you know, quick... 70 degrees, 70, 75 degrees, real, real humid, like that kind of humidity, not even the kind of like nice summer humidity where it cuts you like, you know, where you can cut it like a knife, but it's almost like a warm hug. This was just like fucking disgusting filth that you were trying to swim through. Was this a packed rush hour train? Yes. It was ah. a train that's going to get you there for a nine o'clock job. Yeah. That's so, bad. yeah. And oh, man. So I had to be quickly... around all those fucking people now look too. i'll say this much this is the hoboken train which if you're from our region uh if you if you live if you happen to listen to this and you live along the montclair bruton line god bless you please yeah <laughs> look god bless you quote phil murphy uh send me an email or something you know like i don't know that he's ever actually said that but i was trying to do a bad impression of phil murphy apparently you can get apparently you could get like raped and email phil murphy about it oh, <laughs> they don't shit. even get back to you oh shit <laughs> actually i read an article i read an article today where phil murphy's the owner of that sky blue fc football team oh, really? which i've actually believe it or not um like produced a live broadcast of theirs um, because I was, you know, running the board and like making sure it got on the stream for Brett Luthner when he did like, you know, play by play of, uh, sky blue FC games. But yeah, for Murphy's the owner of the team and this, the, the team is like awful apparently and like really poorly run allegedly. And they don't have good facilities allegedly and all that kind of stuff. And Murphy's one of the owners, this girl who's like the best player in college f- soccer got drafted by them. And said, "Don't draft me. Don't draft me. If you do draft me, I'm not going to play for you." They drafted her anyway, and now she's going to Sweden to play soccer. Jesus, yeah. So, so um, she's demanding a trade to the Giants. Yeah, right, right. To be the kicker, yeah. They could. Well, actually, Rosas is pretty good. Um, but all right. So a couple things before we go, other than the the awful. Oh, so any recommendations for the body temperature thing? Like some foods I'm eating that are wrong, or like maybe I, need, I drink too much coffee. I honestly, I would. Did you just take? Uh, did you take one of the layers off? I, I did just, immediately, yeah, but I, I was still sweaty. I had. I, thank God, I had my towel. I had a paper towel. I was d- dabbing my forehead. I mean, you can. You know, you can drink cold water throughout the day. Probably, probably keep your temperature down. But yeah, otherwise, I get some cold water. I think I think getting on the uh, on on a rush hour train when you've been because you, you walk to the station so your body temperature gets up a little bit mm-hmm. and then it's warmer out than you've been experiencing so yeah. probably I assume your temp's gonna you know rise a little quicker and then you get on a packed train that's just a that's just a rough one uh, yeah that's a uh, I have three three things at least two. That I definitely want to cover really quickly. See, I don't want to waste. All right, let me just ask you this, and I'll use this as Go. a teaser to when Marlo Donahue comes on. Yes. Okay. Marlo Donahue is definitely going to be able to come on our show eventually, and I've had her on before. To She's a great where, friend. To remember where my fur coat. <laughs> yes, please do. Please wear your fur coat. So, Marlo Donahue, formerly of the Doggy Death Warrants, on the uh, Facebook. She doesn't do that as much as she used to, but um, she once took great exception to me saying that she looked surprised in a photo. Did, and did she look like 
surprised. She just she looked sort of surprised to me. Anyway, she took major, major offense to that. And she said that you don't tell a woman that she looked that she looked. You're not surprised. allowed to tell a woman anything about her appearance at all is apparently what what I'm learning. Like, uh, or or but did you know this about the surprise? You're not thing allowed. The f- it's just there's just a blanket rule now that you're not allowed to. I don't think you're allowed to acknowledge or breathe <laughs> in the presence of a woman without them without like their express written consent. Uh, there's some celebrity, uh, Margot Robbie, I guess. On Twitter, I just opened. I didn't even read the fucking story, so uh-huh. I don't know what it's about. Uh-huh. But she's like, Margot Robbie is putting her foot down. Because they always use stupid fucking yeah, headlines yeah, like that yeah, yeah. on people asking women when they're going to get pregnant. Oh, yeah, or like, right. You're not allowed to fucking suggest that a woman smile or whatever. Like, I'd, <laughs> as, like, like, I walk around with, uh, I have, generally speaking, what you would call resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, like... I mean, yeah, I'm angry about a lot of things. I'm a white male in America. I'm fucking furious. But no, like, my, my base facial expression is just not impressed. Like, it's yeah, just a fucking yeah. straight line. If I'm in a particularly good mood, it'll curl into a little bit of a smirk. And if I'm having a shit day, it will be, you know, even kind of, like, flatter and sadder. But as at a base, it's I'm pretty much... my. Facial expression is usually pretty even-keeled, kind of bored or disinterested. As a result, I ha- I get a lot of people going up to me like, Hey, everything all right, man? Hey, you doing okay? <laughs> Are you like, serious? Yeah, like fucking all the time. Are I you like, fucking serious? Really? Yeah, and I don't care. Get yeah. out of here. I know exactly what, what it is. That's fucking like, hilarious. They yeah. come up to you and say, Are you okay? Yeah, they'll just be like, Hey, like, you doing all right? Like, like that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where the woman says, Smile. Yeah, like, so that's apparently... <laughs> Apparently this happens apparently this happens to women a lot and like I've never I've never observed it. I mean maybe once or so. the and this goes with most things that are considered fucking like street harassment or catcalling or just things you're not allowed to say yeah. to women. Which is something you've talked about a lot on your podcast. I know you had a segment in the past where you talked about catcalling. The only people that I see engaging in any kind of catcalling are the ones that would be described by the rest of society as the dregs. Right. It's the dregs of society. Like, I've never seen, like, you know, like a well-dressed, put-together guy with his AirPods in heading to the office stop to tell some, you know, some woman that she's got a fat ass and he'd like to stick his tongue up it. Right. It's always, like, some guy who's, like, half-limping down the street with unwashed hair, ripped jeans. He's, like, shouting at a telephone pole one second, and then he sees the woman, and he says, not only does he allude to a sex act that he would like to commit with her, he also makes reference to the fact that he he's not a fan of the Treaty of Versailles or something. <laughs> like, the, the guy, like, a complete fucking lunatic, or, like... The Treaty of Versailles, like a, that's a, true. A, like, they will, they, just these guys that walk around New York yelling at everyone about everything. Yeah. And I don't like that that gets lumped in to this anti-female street harassment. Right. Because those guys, you're just, you got harassed by virtue of your presence in his field of view. Had nothing to do with your vagina. Right. Your tits may have gotten mentioned because he saw them, but it if you hadn't been there, he wouldn't have, <laughs> have shouted that at another way. It was just, he's just out of his fucking mind. 
Uh, and then the other are like the, you know, I guess in, I'm told in, in like Latin and black communities that it's uh, expected, like women, ex- they expect and prefer a guy who is verbally more forward, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. And that just doesn't translate well into, you know, middle class white girl speak. Mm. And that gets... Which, I guess that technically is street harassment, if they do it to you, you don't want it. But I don't know how that's that's getting pinned on uh, the current blanket enemy of society, the uh, the straight white male. I'm, like, so fucking confused by all of this. By the way, um, I... I was... I had to go back really quickly to the, uh... To the issue of, um... Uh, Phillips... And the whole, like, speaking of white male, the um, D.C. thing. There was this leftist protester who was protesting outside of the Covington Diocese in Kentucky. And he had no teeth. He just, he was schoongalad. And I find this Eric Phillips Native American guy to be very schoongalad with the, no teeth as what well. What is schoongalad? Okay, that, that's that like, like an Italian American yeah, insult. Yeah, that's a term that I always heard from my <laughs> I was from just, my Italian American friends. I have never heard that one in my 30, yeah, uh, schoong, 33 and a half years. Yeah, the schoongalad. Schoongalad. Or whatever, I think. Is that toothless or just like a fucking dope? Yeah, I think it's like toothless. Interesting. And, um, uh,. Anyway, the the guy, this protester in Kentucky was like that. And this guy Phillips is very much like that as well. And uh, I just was wondering, like, what is this fucking like? You have to be toothless to be involved in this. I, I just found that very interesting. Well, it doesn't. Um, it's Kentucky. So. Some other things that I wanted to quickly cover. Uh, and some of this we're just not going to get to because we, we sort of ran out of time. But what a fucking awful death. Did you hear about this? This guy from Patterson, New Jersey was found dead not the spinal meningitis guy no that was fucked up too yeah but the guy he died he worked at echo cheese in orangeburg new york and he was found in a cheese mixing machine they found him in the vat yeah wow what if you really loved cheese and it was a great way to go out? Do you, do, you know what? I appreciate you saying that, Mike, because to me, I'm going to imagine that that happened. Fucking like he loved cheese so much that he got that job and he like just couldn't take it anymore. And he was just like, yeah. I bet I could dive in there. He just dove. Yeah. Dove in mouth. As opposed, as mouth opposed to the, the alternative. I'm going to choose to imagine that that's what happened. Sank to the bottom and his body just filled up. Wow. Yeah. Good. I'm not going to imagine that that was an awful, awful thing. Um, have you ever had or have you ever heard of most stuff Oreos? Are they just like excessively stuffed It's Oreos? fucking excessive and it's fucking glorious. How, th- how thick are we talking? Okay, so you know an Oreo. You've obviously had yeah. an Oreo in your life. Um, you've heard probably of double stuff Oreos. Sure. All right. Well, obviously that's two of the cream discs, if you will, in there. Um. They also have what's known as triple stuff. That's uh, three, I believe. Or there might okay. I, I may be getting this wrong. There, there may only be the 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 four varieties. But there's also what's known as mega stuff, and then there's the most. Stuff. How many uh, how many cream discs Special are edition. in the uh, I mega think stuff? Mega is four. Okay, and I think the most is five. And I had one because one of my coworkers brought the box in because she couldn't help herself. And as amazing as it was, you if you could imagine what I'm talking about, the cream like crashed 
over and like there was no eating a cookie, you're basically just like shoving something yeah. in your mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the great thing about an Oreo is it's just a almost like package a package of almost like a melting ice cream sandwich. Exactly. Exactly. Down. Like the great thing about an Oreo is it's just a perfect package. Yeah. Of and then the other thing is I was laughing about like, wow, those kids when I that I went to school with, they had to put in all that time to actually make Construct an Oreo in their like own. that. Yeah. <laughs> and look how far we've come. <laughs> And people yeah. say the country is in crisis. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, all right. So anyway, the, see, some of this stuff we're going to have to just bring back. Um, I really want to do a bit. I really want to do a bit. So you heard about this Gillette ad, obviously. Oh, was like yeah. Questioning men's uh, toxic masculinity and stuff. I really want to make a bit where it's a Tampax ad telling like the toxic femininity to shut the fuck it'd be great if at the very end it, it features a woman who's dying of toxic shock syndrome because she couldn't get her tampon out say say put a bow on it yeah um i was thinking about making one of, i wanted to make one with actual toxic masculinity and it would just be like you know like isis fucking beheading people and, you know, some inner city fathers sneaking out on, uh, like, fucking, you know, how many kids does Plaxico Burris have? Um, by the way, uh, that speaking of that Denver trip, which we were earlier, uh, I went to a bull riding event. Wow. One of the nights that I was there. So That's I went, fucking takes. So I went skiing on Monday, right? And I hadn't been skiing in, like, this is the second time I ever went skiing in my life. And I was weighing way over my head. Thank God I survived. A couple times I just had to throw myself to the ground because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had to stop myself. I got better as it went along. But anyway, it was a thing. That same night, we went to um, the rodeo and we saw the bullfighting. Uh, crazy. I mean, these fucking bulls are fucking serious. Like, I'll never forget the one called the Knuckle. This thing is fucking massive. Like, it's like, how could anybody actually get on that thing? Like, what the hell? Anyway, what's fucked up is the night after I was there, one of them died. The this bulls like 24 or the guys? year old kid, the bull, the, the kid, the guy, the guy. Wow. this like 24 year old kid from Oklahoma or whatever. Like it was a star in the, in the thing. Did he get speared through or did no. he just kind of like, they break? actually, cause they actually, Blood um, force trauma they somewhere. like cut off and file down their horns. Yeah. So the horns are not as much of a concern as they normally like would be in nature. Um, what happened was <clears throat> he got bucked off, you know, obviously. And the thing it's not even most of the time that they're not even actually intending the, the bulls not even like really meaning for this to happen, but they're just going so nuts. They yeah. stomp on them. They stomp on their chest and that's going to give you a fucking fatal heart attack. Yeah. That'll basically. Do it. Yeah. Um, like when the kid gets hit with a fucking line drive in little league and yeah, croaks on the exactly. field in front of a bunch of frightened parents. Exactly. Yeah. Awful. Good stuff. Yeah. What do you think of that frightened barriers on uh yeah no you know it's uh Wait, did that happen like were you on a little league field I, and then you saw like, i was not we, uh, we had a kid get, take a liner to the face and he got a nice Damn. black eye out of it um no but i've definitely heard of that happening like a bunch of times and i'm just imagining like a bunch of terrified suburban parents sitting around you know waiting for fucking nine one doing things that are like completely ineffective to help out yeah like fucking fo oh fold it fold this I got this towel to wipe wipe off the bats. Fold it and put it under his head. <laughs> and, like, arguing about whether his feet should be elevated or not. Just like those like little things that that people do in in a an emergency or a pseudo emergency to convince themselves and that others that they're something. they're an active participant in uh, 
in what's going on. Yeah. Um, a couple things before we go. Uh, we're almost out of time here. So I, I found this really hard to read. <laughs> um, there's a thing doctors are putting out, uh, an alert doctors are putting out, because apparently women have taken to believing that putting parsley up their vag is good for them. Because in reality, and this is actually true, if you eat parsley, it can help you with your vaginal health. It's something really? in it that if you eat is good for the vagine. Um, however, stuffing it up there, not so not so good. Like just the leaves or are they taking like a, like a little shaker and le- laying back and no, like a, you know, like the parsley, like the, the big bushy plant, you know what I mean? They're, I, they're putting it up there. I buy most of my herbs and spices <clears throat> in, you know, the little like McCormick plastic yes, bottle form. Yes. So I'm, I'm actually imagining a woman no not penetrating herself with it. But just laying back and sort of seasoning. No. Uh, like, imagine more like a celery stalk, but it just happens wow. to be parsley, and you're, like, putting it up there. That's not even... That's not going to leave any room for the sage, rosemary, or thyme. It's not. So, uh, doctors are putting it out there to please not put parsley in your vagina. Wow. Because what happens is, it's got, you know, bacteria on it, because yeah. it's a thing. And it fucking causes an infection, and it's nasty. Yeah, what you want to do is take a tea bag and empty it out, like out of a fucking Lipton box, and then replace that with the parsley, and then take the tea bag filled with parsley and put it in your pussy. I don't think that's... So it steeps, and then it just makes like a nice brew, (laughs) and it just fucking... It douches everything out. No, you gotta eat it. You gotta eat it. You have to eat it. After you put it up in your can't douche with parsley. (laughs) All right, the last thing, because we're totally off the rails, is that as much as I hate Deadspin, I love the fact that they put out a call to arms for somebody to come up with an article about how Tom Brady's definitely cheating with fucking steroids or HGH, because that motherfucker is. So, what the fuck, man? Oh, the yeah. fucking Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. You know, that he just throws nasty passes all the time. He's but, fucking 41 or whatever. By the, the way, if, if it turns out that he is, then... This that model should be copied by everybody. <laughs> the guy's body's in pristine fucking shape. At four, seriously though, the, the league gets like its fucking pants suit off. That Will Smith is making movies about how NFL football is destroying right, right. people's bodies. Right. Like, can we get past like the, the fucking the the nineteen ninety three gym teacher who's telling me that fucking steroids are for cheaters? And can we just be like, look? There is a very legitimate purpose behind these chemicals, mm-hmm. and if you're playing, a, you know, a high speed. But if death but if sport, somebody's using it and no one else is, or not, all right. If 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 seventy percent of the league's using it, and thirty percent isn't, and if twenty percent has some really fucking good shit, and the rest doesn't, yeah, that's so fucked I've, up. I've I've looked at it, and since look, it's the it's the NFL, like right? It's not a free society; it's a league. They can put together their own rules to make sure this is done in the, the strictest way possible. So then you, I would I am essentially in favor of uh, what I call a league run doping program. Okay, so where that's like whereby they would bring in doctors who are experts in the field who would say, all right, like this is. 
this is pretty much like looking at, you know, a, you know, a fucking 250 pound linebacker, you know, like this is, this is like the kind of dose that we would give him. That's not going to give him a boost in, in the gym, but it will be, you know, it'll help him, you know, recover, recover. from injuries okay. and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I understand. Yeah. Like, but I it, mean, it, my buddy, or I think it was either my cousin or my friend that used to talk about that he wished that there was, like, a, just a juicing baseball league. Like, oh, almost yeah. like a JBL. There, well, there was. It was just called the Major, it was just <laughs> oh, called I know. Major League Baseball. I know, but, like, what if they had it now and it was just, like, a bunch of Jose Cansecos just, like, crushing I, bombs? Like, I, I'm, I'm all about that shit. Like, I have no problem with any of that. Um... I you know I think it should just be an open and out there thing and know who the fucking the juiced guys are and yeah. you know you can go like you know if you're an aging ball player and you take a fucking testosterone lozenge before before you go and play you got no problem with play it, your right? third game in in three days like yeah. this is a fucking problem yeah like really yeah. like you in any other profession. People would be like, "Hey, he's just doing what he he's got a livelihood to protect." And this, I mean, this is the thing that you do, so I don't I don't have an issue with it. And with football, I have I would have probably more of the issue because the, there's the the violence aspect. And it's like, all right, we're gonna fucking let this guy pump himself full of what and then attack people. Mm. Um, but if it was if it was league run, and it would have to be a very involved process because everyone's gonna be different. Everyone's gonna have different medical histories and shit. And that's why it's like a literally the NFL certainly has the money to run some sort of doping lab where they could, it would be like, everything would be recorded. How much was given to each person. Right. And like fucking like, you know, you know, there'd be surveillance cameras out the ass and samples and everything. I would love that. Cause on fantasy football, you get it. You get an update on Thursday and they'd say yeah. like, turns out that, uh, so-and-so is taking steroid or whatever, and you'd be like, yeah. you know, like, oh, he's going off this week. Well, oh, so it would be, up. but I think, I think the the bulk of the league would take advantage of it. Um, so I don't even think, like, as far as a uh, like a playing field changer, I don't think it would be that big of a thing. I think it would just be more of we would get to see guys like you know Peyton Manning come back from a horrible neck injury, mm-hmm. and we would be able to get more time out of the the athletes that we love to watch and they would be able to go into retirement much more physically uh, comfortable. So basically what you're saying is you're very bitter that Tony Romo never was given access to this you great know, HGH. I fucking never even thought about it in terms of <laughs> Romo. I always, I really always thought about it in terms of, Do you love uh, it that he's like Peyton. the, uh, yeah, the star it's nice. of the, it's, it's, the television. It's nice to see Tony Romo's name on Twitter without some fucking terrible meme mm-hmm. attached to it. Yeah. I, I've, I'm wondering now if he's going to like, um, in Romo fashion, let like an ethnic slur slip Wouldn't during that be amazing? during the the Super Bowl broadcast. That yeah. would be it. Tony Romo, <laughs> finally it. in the the Super Bowl, and it the all big came game. crashing down. Yeah, and then he just drops a hard yeah. an n bomb with a with a hard with ER a hard R. The, yeah, oh yeah, with a hard R. Oh yeah, holy shit! <laughs> all right, before we <laughs> <laughs> he'd have to <laughs> before we torpedo this whole thing. Tell him about your podcast. Oh, yeah, the Savage Sax app, which you can find at thesavagecrew.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. Uh, actually, I recorded a fresh episode this morning, which will certainly be posted by the time... Uh, yeah, where do you record that? You sit on the couch over there, right? I sit right here, actually. Oh, you sit there. The couch is where I do, I do like, sort of an AM live stream, which you guys can find at facebook.com slash thesavagecrew. That usually goes around 6 a.m., uh, but Thursdays I do... I've been doing, uh, I've actually been recording the podcast live on Facebook, um, 
and then... How do you like that? You get interaction and stuff? Uh, I do it very early, like, I'm... Because my work hours, I'm up at, like, 4.30, yeah. so I'll usually, for a record... For a, a full podcast recording, I'll, I'll do it at between 5.15 and 5.30, so mm. there are very few people up at that, that, up then, at that yeah. time. For the... The regular one that I do uh, is usually around like six fifteen, six thirty. Um, that will that'll get some live interaction. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, yeah, I mean, I get uh, on uh, if I do a live video and I share it appropriately, I'll get like a couple hundred views on that's it, cool. which is yeah, know, that's I nice. Uh, I have no idea. If, I don't I don't know what's good or not. Anymore. I think I that's good. Clue. I don't know. Um, I think anything that breaks. A hundred, almost. It depends on, like, your... And I get what you're saying. It depends on your definition of good. But yeah. we live in such a content-rich society. Yeah, the, it's... You're, like, fucking spitting in the ocean when you put something exactly. out there now. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I got that. And then uh, Twitter, at Mike Montone. Instagram, and at Gary underscore Moiler. Gary M-O-Y-L-E-R. Um, yeah, they're just... Uh, if, if you're into, you know, fucking around and pontification and... Uh, not taking too much seriously check uh, check all those out all right so do that this is the most american podcast ever created flipping out radio at radiomisfits.com i'm james flippin you can follow me on twitter at jama drop j-a-m-a-d-r-o-p and mike and i are going to go take a testosterone lozenge i believe yes heavens now very good the most american podcast ever created oh here's your blessing oh baby See, some of this stuff we're going to have to just bring back. Um, I really want to do a bit. I really want to do a bit. So you heard about this Gillette ad, obviously. Oh, like yeah. Questioning men's uh, toxic masculinity and stuff. I really want to make a bit where it's a Tampax ad telling, like, the toxic, toxic femininity to shut the fuck It would be great if at the very end it, it features a woman who's dying of toxic shock syndrome because she couldn't get her tampon out say say put a bow on it yeah um i was thinking about making one of the, i wanted to make one with actual toxic masculinity and it would just be like you know like isis fucking beheading people and you know some inner city fathers sneaking out on uh, like fucking you know how many kids does plaxico burris have This has been a Flippin' Out Radio production. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you.